Nate the Great. Hey, Rudy. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for having us out here Absolutely. at St. Anthony. Thanks for making the drive up. What's your role here? I'm the accounting and development manager what as of mean? two weeks ago. So I do the accounting. What kind of development? Uh, financial mostly. Okay. Uh, all kinds of development, though. I mean, parishioner. Um, yeah, we, we did involve stewardship and uh, outreach and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's a new-ish role. I started two years ago at St. Anthony's as the communication and development coordinator. Okay. So that was uh, everything from organizing the bulletin, although we had someone else uh, writing most of that uh, through the flock note to uh-huh. um, the social media, to the videos, to the podcast. And then on the development side was the, uh, and still is any campaigns, DSF. Uh, okay. Watching offertory, you know, that type of thing. So many and varied roles as everyone who works at the church knows. I mean, you, you wear a lot of hats, uh-huh. but most recently I stepped into the accounting role, which is taking up most of my time. Um, so I've been doing that for maybe two weeks now. Okay. Now I understand you're not from Texas. No, I am. I am a, a proud Kansan. One of many. One of dozens. Are there a lot here? Uh, here in Texas? Uh, or in, I, in the in the parish? Uh, let's see. I know a few. There's a there's uh-huh. there's a few other folks from uh, my hometown and uh, from my college. Um, so, uh, but not a ton. No, no. Uh, most people who come down here are the folks who studied um, something to do with you know the energy sector uh, up in uh-huh. college, and they all get sucked down into Houston eventually. So, uh, but no, I don't know many of them um, here. The question that you got to ask though is, sports? Do you follow? You're still Kansas all the way. Of course. <laughs> I no, I I, I love um, all the the teams that I grew up rooting for. Uh huh. Um, so this is our, you're you're not from Houston, are you? I grew up in Hawaii, so I had no loyalties growing up. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this is something I think folks from Houston may 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 not get. But if you don't grow up in a town with a sports team, sometimes you just pick the closest one, right? Okay. For Wichita, Kansas. That's Kansas City, so that's three yes. hours away, right? So I'm okay. not from Kansas City, mm-hmm. but everyone in a five-hour radius of Kansas City just has to say, like, all right, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan and uh-huh. Royals fan. And then we didn't have a basketball team, but the next closest big city, Oklahoma City, down south of where I grew uh-huh. up, that's about another three hours away. But when the Thunder moved there, I just I picked up them as well. Okay. So I, yeah, Wichita doesn't have any pro sports, but you just kind of <laughs> you get what you can get when uh, when you're from a smaller town. Yeah, we just had like University of Hawaii teams. Yeah, and it was vo- it was volleyball that they were that was the good team back then. Really? Yeah, the football team you didn't really follow. <laughs> Wasn't there a moment that? Hawaii was awesome at football. I I wasn't there at that point. I guess I think yeah. like the mid the mid like aughts like late oh no like, oh eight oh nine like Hawaii was always undefeated and then they always I was long gone at that point. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful place. Too expensive though. So from birth, you're in Kansas. Always. All the way. Yeah. Until and two years. Your ago. family. Yeah, they're all in um, Wichita, Kansas. Right? And they're all from there. So historically from Kansas. Our roots are deep in the soil of Kansas. Yeah, yeah. So um, dad's from Garden City, Kansas. You uh-huh. probably haven't heard of. Um, and then, yeah, my mom grew up in Wichita. So I, I loved it there. Great town. I 
I don't know how to recommend it. Like it when you when you say that you that the people are great about your town, uh-huh. that means you know, so nothing else is great. You know, there's nothing <laughs> else you could bring up. Uh, but the people are great. I love I love Wichita uh, uh-huh. and where I grew up for a ton of reasons, and and a lot of it is the, the people, good families, uh-huh. uh, and really good Catholic parishes in Wichita. It's, it's a really good diocese. Um, Did you grow up Catholic? Yeah, yeah. Your yep. family historically Catholic yep. as well. Yeah, my mom is a convert um, uh, when she when she married my dad, I believe. And uh, but yeah, we grew up Catholic, going to church and went to school at our our local Catholic uh, church that's connected to our parish. Um, and yeah, high school was a Catholic school. Uh, really, really enjoyed my time. Was in, it exclusive boys in school or no, no co-ed? Okay. No. The people I hung out with were exclusively boys, uh, but uh, but no, it was a co-ed school. Uh, what's unique about Wichita Catholic schools, I think it's one of a, maybe a few dioceses that do this, but um, it's it, free Catholic schooling, K through 12, really? for people who tithe. Yeah. So oh. it's called the stewardship model. Okay. Started in the 90s. Um, I think the seeds were planted in the 80s, but uh, yeah, for everyone who goes to the Catholic church and, and tithes, uh-huh. uh, no matter what they tithe, Wow! they, they send their kids to school for free. I mean, then you, um, you, you got, you got to get the books and the uniforms, everything like that. But, yeah. But still that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. And it's been, it's been very fruitful in Wichita. They've got four Catholic high schools in the diocese. So uh-huh. it's very hard to compare to a place like Houston. Um, so there's four Catholic schools in the diocese, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't, I don't really know the numbers, but obviously it's a much smaller, Wichita is maybe 400,000 uh-huh. folks. Um, and then that's the only major uh, metropolitan area in that diocese, right? So it's, it's hard to compare to something like Houston, where I think there's yeah, millions uh, of Catholics, yeah. right? Um, so I, that's so a nice model though. It is. Yeah. And I, I, I would love to see it replicated uh, in other places, in other dioceses, uh-huh. I, I still, I don't know exactly how it would look. It takes a lot of buy-in. Mm, I, yeah. I, I think about this all the time. Like yeah. it, it took the the buy-in of folks without kids or kids ah, yes. who went to school in like the eighties when it was being established, but yeah. the kids were already through school and they already paid for something, you know, yeah. they made them send their kids to private school and they had to pay for that. But uh-huh. then their bishop and their priest asked, Hey, we want to start to send yeah. all our kids to school. Yeah. And the folks who had already done it and they paid in, they said, sure, let's do it. And yeah. they they chipped in, right? So that's the only way these things can work. And uh-huh. Wichita, and I, and I know there's a few other dioceses and, uh, who do this. That's the only way it can work. So Wichita has pulled it, uh, pulled it off. I guess they just got to try it out in bigger and bigger yeah. dioceses. And yeah. then next thing you know, yeah, it spreads all over. Yeah, I'd love, see it. yeah. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it at a church around here. I mean, that would be very cool. Yeah, that very would cool. be awesome. So you did all the, you went through all the motions going through um, faith formation and all of that. What was the faith like of your family as you grew up? Pretty good. Uh, were we, you super active in church? like, Or were you just more of a quiet family? No, we were, we were involved. My, my mom in particular is uh, a real, like a go-getter in terms of uh, getting involved in stuff, uh-huh. volunteering for the donut Sundays. Um, she was our track coach, my scholars bowl coach. <laughs> and, and she was just always involved in 
whatever whatever uh, thing came up at our parish and at our schools. She was one of those especially. ladies that everybody knew the face of. A- everyone knew the ch- my yeah. mom. Like she was the track coach just because we wanted to do track and they were like, hey, we need a coach. And she said, sure, I'll... And this was before YouTube, you know, so she's just watching. I don't know how she learned how to be a track coach without like the how-to videos on uh, uh-huh. YouTube. But um, yeah, she was always involved. And we were involved as a family for sure in, in, in many different ways. I remember Sunday rosaries growing up. We never missed the Sunday, um, a Sunday mass. Um, and then in high school, getting even more involved personally. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, the, I'm the middle child. So my brother um, went through high school first and... Uh, I didn't so much want to be like him as I wanted to be like his friends. He had cool friends, I thought. Uh-huh. Uh, and his friends turned out to be solid dudes. Um, my brother is a priest, and him. a couple of his friends are now priests, and all, almost all of his friends now are just total studs, stand-up doctors or whatever they're doing. They're doing it with, uh, with a lot of grace and with, in, with their families, right? So from high school, I've been able to follow these examples, and that was the example that I tried to follow so he's school. there in in Kansas. Yeah, he's in he's in Kansas. Yeah. And he's serving at what, what parish? Is he? He's at St. Paul's uh, at Wichita State University. So he's the the pastor at a uh, university student center there. Yeah. When did he enter the seminary? How old were you at that point? I was in college. I, I was. Okay. Let's see. No, I was in high school. I I, I must have been a senior in high school because he he went to two years of college and then went into seminary. So I would have been graduating high school when he started up in uh, in seminary. Do yeah. you remember that announcement that he? Yeah, I'm... yeah. Well, what I remember is uh, we had some friends over. Uh-huh. Um, he had some friends over, and I was hanging out with them. Right. So uh, I think I was still at the age where I'm not quite friends with the the brothers' friends. Maybe I was. I I, I don't quite remember, but I was definitely <laughs> pseudo invited. But you, I was you're hanging starting out. to squeeze your way in there. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and I remember my brother pulls me aside and he's like, "Hey, come on, I got to talk to you." And he, he takes me back to my my bedroom and he to- tells me he's uh, going to seminary. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's cra- that's crazy. I didn't even know you're considering it." Uh huh. That's that's cool though. I mean. Awesome. Did it surprise you? Like you, you're trying to be, or oh, I figured. No, I never figured. I never once thought that he would consider uh-huh. being a priest. And I also thought that he only pulled me aside that night because all his friends already knew and he didn't want me to find out from mm. his, his body. So it's like, I mean, come on, you got to come to the brother at some point. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I never saw that. Um, but it was partly, it was, it was a college discernment for him, I think. I mean, C's were probably there uh-huh. in high school, but it was in college where he encountered Focus uh, Ministries, and uh, I think he got more into his faith. But, you know, I, I never considered it. I, I don't, I'm not sure if it was ever talked about much in our household okay. growing up, that that was even an option, which I'd like to, it's one of those things that you're like, you're just collecting notes your whole life. Yes. Do you have kids, Rudy? Yes, yeah. two kids. Yeah. Uh, so we're having our, I'm having my first in uh, any day now. She's full term. My oh, wife wow. is, my wife, Emily is full term Congratulations. Today. Yeah. So she'll, I could get a call right now. Right now. But I have it interview. on silence. So she'll have to wait. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you're just taking notes. I think as you grow up and you're like, I, I want to do this when I have a family, I want to have this. So I want to be able to instill this. And one of the things is I, I want to normalize the priesthood and, uh-huh. and and have a bunch of priests over for dinner, our, our friends, and uh, make it known to my my sons. Hopefully, I have uh, I'd love a large family, and I would I'd love my sons to know that they they f- feel free to discern that right. Like uh-huh. I, I want yeah. that 
to this be is fostered. normal. This is totally normal. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's a supernatural calling, but it normalized the discernment process, right? So I don't want it to be shocking to anybody or any of my kids. One of them is, uh, you know, considering the priesthood. You said that um, you have other siblings. How many more siblings? Oh, you, you got a uh, younger sister. Younger sister. Yeah, okay, Sarah. so so the two boys. Yeah. How how did your parents react to your brother? deciding to enter seminary and possibly becoming a priest? Uh, you know, I, I think... Did it shock them? I, I, at times, yeah, it's a long process. So I think they, they had some chance to say, maybe he won't, maybe he won't. Uh-huh. And then six years later, they they figured it out. They're like, it was going to be all right. And, uh-huh. and that, I love that the seminary process is so long, just because it, it should be. It should take some time to... Yeah. To, I don't know. To discern. Make and to that known through, in yeah. your family, you know. it's, it's Get a, people used to that idea. Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different family life when one of the, one of the kids is a priest, especially when you only got three uh-huh. and one of them is not supplying any nieces and nephews. So all I want is a huge family and, and have these giant family, uh, you know, reunions uh-huh. throughout the rest of my life. And I've got a brother who's not going to bring any nieces and nephews to the uh-huh. family. Reunion. So it's me and my sister, we've got to step up, I guess. And, and get, you know, 12 kids per family. So we have those crazy cousin <laughs> pictures. You, you got to make up for that, right? We got it. Yeah, someone's <laughs> going to fill in the balance. Pick, yeah, pick up the slack, yeah. right? <laughs> now you're, would it have been more difficult for your family if, you know, he was the only son, do you think? Oh, yeah. I I would imagine so. I, I don't know. If, I, I have to think for a, a second about any only child priest. Do you know any priests who are only... Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think that would be difficult. I, if some of our past guests said that it was difficult for their classmates or yeah, for the the families since it was an only child. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. The priesthood. I mean, they're still around. They're not losing your, your yeah. child to like. And it's different than even like a, being a cloistered mm-hmm. monk or nun or something. Like you, you really might not see your your child again except for once a year or something for, but as a priest, especially if they're in the same diocese as you grew up, you're going to see them all the time, but there is still a separation between the two because you're not living the same lifestyle. Uh-huh. How oh. often do you get to see your brother? Uh, when I'm home, I always see him. Uh, always. You know, yeah. Go to mass yeah. and all that. Yeah. We, we heckle him during his homily at mass <laughs> and that type of thing. So, yeah. Do you go to confession to him or no, I gotta do that. I, I was against it. I, it's, it's cause you can imagine it's weird. Um, so I was against it. I've been to confession with him now, maybe three or four times. But okay. the but the first time, but the first time I wasn't expecting it. And I was still saying like I am oh. not going to go to my brother. You didn't know who was in there. I'll do anything. So I walk in to the confessional. You know how sometimes we're actually in our our confessional here at St. Anthony of Padua right now. This is where we do our confessions. Uh-huh. This and the other car room. So uh, the one the one that I was in in Wichita though. They didn't, you couldn't see inside of it. Oh, it had that separator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't know who it was. I'm banking on it being the the pastor there, not the, not (laughs) the parochial vicar. And I walk in and and I hear, uh, you know, in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. And it's it's my brother's voice and I'm panicking. (laughs) And then um, I'm like, I can't walk out. I have to go to confession. The line was long. I've been waiting for uh, 45 minutes. So I was just like, you know what? I'll do an accent. So he can't, he he doesn't know it's me. What kind of accent did you? (laughs) It turned out to be some like vaguely... Eastern European type of <laughs> accent. It wasn't, I, I'm not saying it was spot on. I uh-huh. don't think you could mistake this for a, uh-huh. a Slavic man or anything, but it was like, yes, please be followed for I have seen this. Is. <laughs> so uh, it, it turned out, that, so while I'm saying these, and I said my sins, my uh-huh. actual sins, but I'm, th- but I'm also thinking, 
this is going to be a great story. I can't wait to tell this story. And so <laughs> I, I have a feeling that wasn't like, God wasn't like smiling down on me, like great confession, Nate, good job. Uh-huh. You know, like it was a, not a, not a bright spot for me, but I had to go back and do it again. How old were you? Different priest. This was. You're in college. Oh no, no. You were just after college. After probably. college. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I had to go run it back. I did it to a different priest and, and told him everything. And, um, did you tell him about the And then the I told Drew later, my brother, and he didn't remember. So I guess it's like priests don't really, they don't remember anything that happens, you know, even, even but did the, you tell that priest, the, the second one that you went to? Yeah. Like father. Because I, f- I, I did feel like that was not, yeah, you, uh, not a good move. I was the yeah. sacrament, right? But, um, but I've been back to my brother actually in this room. No accent this time. Right? No accent. Uh, this time I, it's Jamaican. This time. <laughs> yeah. I just cycled through him, man. Um, yeah, I, I, he did my wedding a year ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and here we did, we had a confession. I do remember that one. I also hardly made any sense because I just came back and I see my brother and we both just start crying uh-huh. and I say some things and he goes, you're all right. And he, I think he does absolution or whatever, uh-huh. and, but we're just crying the whole time. So again, it wasn't the most like regular type of confession, uh-huh. but it still felt, still felt good that time. Yeah. That's hilarious that you, you had to pull out that accent. Did you have in your head, like, did you have a whole backstory for the character that you created? <laughs> I, okay, so I can't do a great Slavic accent, but let's think about a guy who grew up there, but kind of in his later teens moved to the United States. Yeah, so he's got that's a, right. Yeah. That's right. His parents actually spoke French in the house. So it was like, that's why there was some little, uh, some taste about other countries. But. You know, it's... Uh, it's plausible. It's plausible. <laughs> I had a whole, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go that far in like his, his intentions and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. but, um, I would have been, it would have been great if he later that day, like at over beers or something, he was like, yeah, this, this, <laughs> this Greek guy came in I'm like <laughs> Greek. Are you sure he was Greek? Cause I, I thought he was more <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but it, it was, um, yeah, it was fun. It's fun. It's weird. It's having a sibling for a priest is weird. I, I would say. Confession at any time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you technically could. Like going on vacation, we have mass every day. That is fantastic. Yeah, what about your sister? Did, um, did she go to confession to your brother? Or? I don't, oh, no way. No way. <laughs> no way. But she's a stud too. She's uh, She works at a soup kitchen in Wichita, oh, the Lord's wow. Diner. Um, she's the, I forget her new title, development and probably a similar title to me, minus the accounting. But she has worked there for, for like four years, four or five, and, and uh, she's basically running that place. It's an awesome awesome um, soup kitchen there That's right fantastic. in downtown Wichita feeds a ton of people and they've got um, they've got a couple of places in Wichita a few places in other uh, cities in Kansas what's it called the Lord's Diner nice yeah so it's run by the it's a, di- a diocesan um, venture or it's part of the arch the diocese in Wichita yeah That's so great started I'm, I'm going to get the history all wrong, probably 20 years ago, but it's fed, uh-huh. it's fed a ton of people, three meals a day or one meal a day, every single day of the year. Right. So, um, and during COVID they switched, there's a dining room, right? So mm-hmm. you come in and you have this communal meal mm-hmm. with whoever it is. Right. So a lot of folks who are homeless come in, um, uh, and eat, but, but it's not just, uh, people who are homeless, uh, people who just are on hard times. Right. Uh, yeah. And just, maybe can't afford a meal for a week or two. Uh, they're in there as well. And, um, so tons of stories and she hears all the stories. Like she's, she's there every day Yeah, and she's, 
she's mingling with people and getting to know them. And she's got a lot of highs from that and a lot of lows from that. It's, it's oh, a, a mixed imagine. bag. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, she's, she's a stud as well. I like to, I always like to mention that because my, you know, the priest brother gets a lot of attention, uh, as we've, we, t- we <laughs> dove into that first, but the, the other sister, Sarah, she's a, she's a stud as well. Did you say she's married? I did no, not say no. that. Okay. I did not say that. But so, there is pressure on her to get. To, I I don't want to make this an ad, uh, like a you know. But she's she's beautiful. She's godly. She works for a soup kitchen. She's in Wichita, Kansas. Gentlemen, if you're listening right now, and her Instagram handle is <laughs> I don't know if she has one. <laughs> But but if you are a godly man seeking a godly woman, uh, would I'd love a brother-in-law? Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna like this. Now, is has there been any thought about her? You know, um, with religious life? No, actually, I I don't think so. Personally, I'm sure she's discerned it. Uh-huh. Her roommate though uh, just entered the convent, uh, so oh. just just a couple of weeks ago. So she is she's around that world, right? But. Um, but no, not her. Have your parents said anything? Like <laughs> off to the off to the convent for you if you're <laughs> if you're still single at thirty. I don't want you around. No, no, no. I don't think so. I don't think nothing so. like um, uh, follow your brother or <laughs> no one is enough. You know yeah. or no, no. It hasn't <laughs> nothing been any, of any of that sort. No, not really. No, okay. she's um, uh, no. I I think I'm sure. She, like I said, I'm sure she's discerned it just like everyone should discern. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't I don't think that's her her call. Yeah. If she if she does, then there's more you know pressure on you to have more kids for <laughs> to pick up the slack for two siblings. I'm, I'm, right? I'm game for it. I'm there for it. Let's go. Let's, uh, well, what about your wife? Uh, I, I don't know. I the joke is I'll try this joke out on you. I just came up with it the other okay. day. But she so she's I told you she's 37 weeks pregnant. Uh-huh. We're already trying for our second right now. Uh, I'd love to just dive right in, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how the how the birth goes and everything. Now you've got the your brother who's a priest, and then your sister who works at the soup kitchen. Have you ever thought of you know bringing your sister here and starting something like that? Here? Well, hey, we've got a great uh, kitchen here as well at, at St. Anthony of Pado, actually. So St. Oh. Anthony's bread, it, it's not exactly the same. So uh, the okay. Lord's Diner in Wichita, you come in and you eat, right? Okay. Uh, it wasn't until COVID that uh, they kind of changed things up a little because the dining room mm. had to shut. So they did yeah. uh, takeaway meals, right? So you could take away mm-hmm. one meal or, or five for your family and, and you'd box it up and you'd go. But so St. Anthony's bread um, has been around for about 20 years here at the parish in various forms. Um, but over the last oh, five years or so, it's really, really exploded. Um, and the way that works is three days a week, uh, you can come, you, you, you drive up. There's a facility here on campus, the St. Teresa Center. Um, yeah, folks can and drive up, say how many people are in your family, you get into the system and you can take away meals basically for a week. Okay. Um, so box goods, canned goods, um, uh-huh. we, we give away turkeys at Thanksgiving, um, all kinds of, um, food stuffs to, to take home and, and feed your family uh-huh. for, uh, like a week or two. Um, so hundreds and hundreds of folks from, from this area are, are, uh, going every three, t- three days a week to St. Anthony's Bread. It's one of our largest outreach reaches here at St. Anthony's. Uh-huh. We're really proud of it. Um, it keeps a ton of people fed, um, or at least keeps them from having to spend tons of money on food so they can focus on uh, whatever, whether it's clothing or whether it's school getting supplies their school or, supplies. Yeah, all yeah. the things that you need to do. And yeah. well, food doesn't have to be part of that, especially now with, uh, you know, 
costs are are rising, right? So yeah. it's even more valuable, ever more valuable than ever before. Gas to get to work, yeah, exactly, Things yeah, like that. yeah. So yeah, we're we're proud of St. Anthony's bread. They they feed a ton of people. It's striking how many people they feed from this area in the in the surrounding zip codes. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean the Woodlands is. Uh, a, a beautiful area. Uh, I think it, it really is an affluent, affluent area. Mm-hmm. So you might not think that there, there would be a need for a food pantry like that here. Uh-huh. And you, and there are people who come from all over uh, Houston area to, to come to St. Anthony's bread, but the majority of folks who we serve are in the zip codes just surrounding wow. the area. So yeah, I They're mean, just kind of hidden. Yeah, around. exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's, it is eye opening. To me and to the staff and everyone who works there, that this is not this is not someone else's problem. These are our neighbors, right? So these these are these are our neighbors that we are called to love. Not uh, you know, and, and there's no insulation or anything like that just because you happen to live in yeah. the, a, a, a town with the in front of the the name of the, the town, right? <laughs> so yeah. Now, what did you graduate in college? I, I graduated from Kansas State University in 2016 uh-huh. with a uh, Accounting degree. Accounting? Yeah. Okay, so your current role, your new role is yeah, perfect. I'm finally getting to it. <laughs> yeah. So it took you a while. It took me a while. I've been in, I've been in, well, I've been working for the church for four years now. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I studied accounting and, and, and then worked for a public accounting firm after, after college. Yeah. Was that in Kansas? I was in Kansas. Yeah. So I How audited. How long were you there? Two years. I was in audit. I audited um, all kinds of places. Um Banks, governments, manufacturing places. So I, you're the guy that they, when they see them, they're like, oh no. You are. That's the thing. You're the worst part of someone's year. That's, I mean, it was, that's legitimately one of the reasons I was like, I can't be an auditor anymore. Cause every time I come somewhere, it's like the, mo- they're the most stressed out there I'll ever be. Right. For the yes. whole year. And you're, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm sorry. That, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a cool job. It was an interesting job. I learned a lot about a lot of different businesses. Um, I audited a a, a a cattle plant, uh, a cattle farm, right uh-huh. for um, for a couple of different years, and that was fascinating to see the business of the cattle industry, right? Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things you do is you you um, you count inventory, okay, at year end, right? So to verify that their count procedures are up uh-huh. to date and up to snuff and everything. So you had to go out and count the cattle. You count the cattle. <laughs> You get on a truck and you go like, uh, let's, you don't do count all the cattle because there's hundreds of thousands of cattle right there. But, um, but yeah, you pick like, yeah, oh, we'll, do, funny, right? we'll like, do pin number 105 and uh-huh. there's supposed to be 55 cattle in there okay. and you, you verify that indeed there are. Oh, but I the trick, I had to count every single no, one. No, <laughs> no, it's easy. You count the legs and you divide by four. It's much easier that way. Uh, it's just, it's an accounting trick for you. So four years? You're doing that? Uh, I did that for two years. Two years. Two and a half. Me. Yeah. Two and a half years. Two and a half. And, and it was a fine job, um, but I was struggling with uh, a lot of different things in Wichita, living there, uh, trying to pass the CPA exams and having a really hard time with them. Um, and ended up getting a call from my old college pastor, uh, who is back at my college town, Manhattan. Okay. And he just got a sign there and he's like, Nate, I, I want to build a new church. Come help me uh, oh, raise wow. money for it. I'm like, uh, okay, perfect. I'm just, just out of the blue. I'm sick of counting cows. Uh, and yeah, let's do it. So I moved back to Manhattan with a, another friend of mine. Um, so we were sort of the fundraising team okay. for this. 
uh, this venture we raised. And that's Manhattan in? Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas, okay. The Little Apple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that what they call it, the Little Apple? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, that's where Kansas State is. And, uh, yeah, so St. Isidore's Catholic Church up there, and uh, it was overdue. The, the faith in that community is strong. Um, the, the students are, are extremely strong in faith, and I think it's just exploded over the last 10 years, right? So they, they were overflowing um, from their from their church um, at that time, and I'm sure they're even more more so now. Um, but, yeah, we raised, uh, we raised $12 million. Wow. Um, to, to build the church and it should be, it's almost finished. It'll be dedicated here in just a few, maybe a couple months. January, wow. I think. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. So what brought you here to Houston? So while I'm fundraising money for St. Isidore's, um, I, I went to a wedding in Austin, Texas. My best friend got married okay. and, uh, in the other, I was in his, you know, groomsman party and in the other, the bridal party is this gal, Emily. And we got to talking at the oh. wedding. Um, we, we talked all night. I was like, this is incredible. This is the uh-huh. girl. This, she's the one. Uh-huh. But for a variety of reasons, I thought at the end of the night, ah, she, she lives in, L- she lives in Atlanta. I live in Manhattan. I'm not going to ask uh, for her y- number. Y- I don't want to deal with this. I've, I, I think I just had like maybe four first dates in a row over the last couple months that were, that were like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. And she's a Braves fan. Yeah, she's a Braves fan. (laughs) Well, she's from here. So, so I was just, I was at that time, not like looking to, I didn't want to get her number and then only to have it fizzle out because it was going to be long distance. So I didn't believe, I wasn't in a believing mood. Okay. And six months later, I heard that she had asked about me. Ah, the old ask about, right? Yeah. So that's, I think, I think a lot of guys need it. I needed that. I needed to know that she at least didn't forget me. Right. Yeah. So she, yeah. I, I was like, okay, she asked about me. Now I believe, now I believe. Uh-huh. So I got her number, started calling her, flew to Atlanta a few times to take her out on dates. And, uh, that was like three years ago and now we're having a baby. So, um, yeah. So she's from here. She's from here. She area. was living okay. in Atlanta at the time. And while we were dating, she moved back to the Woodlands where she grew up. Okay. She, she grew up going to this parish, St. Anthony's. Um, so, uh, yeah, which I, we only, we wanted to make one move. Uh, basically, if we, we thought that uh, we were going to be serious about uh, dating, we wanted to move to the same town. And mm-hmm. uh, she got a great opportunity to move back here. So, I thought, okay, perfect. I'll, I'll start looking for jobs. And, and, um, I, I found a job here at St. Anthony's. So I moved down, um, in October, 2020, uh, we got engaged in December, 2020 and, uh, got married a year ago, um, October, 2021. Wow. When's the anniversary? The 23rd. 23rd. Okay. Now was that scary? Coming to Houston 2020? I mean, that's like the height of the whole pandemic and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was right when we were dating. We, we had been dating just a few months when um, that that pandemic hit. So we uh-huh. there there was a time where we didn't see each other for uh, months. It felt like months. It was probably like four weeks or something like uh-huh. that. But but still, yeah, it, it feels it that felt like forever. Yeah. <laughs> felt like forever. Um, but yeah, I it was it was tough. It was a tough situation to come into because you're. I was looking for jobs uh, everywhere. Yeah, it was just hard to find. Oh yeah, positions. Yeah, people were getting laid off left and right. Yeah, yeah. and and um, industries through, were yeah. through Providence. Uh, the guy who held my position before ended up 
moving to Nashville at this time and, and the position was open. I had met a lot of the people at, on this team at, uh-huh. at a, some weddings and some things like that. Oh. The, my wife's family, the Eichelbergers are, are friends with a lot of, like he, they were friends with the pastor who was here, Father Tom Rafferty. Uh, and so my name was in the mix and, um, yeah. And, and, and it got set up with, with these people and this job and it's been, it's been great. That's, that's fantastic. Like how everything just worked out. It really is in, you know, one of those God's plans by Drake things, uh, where everything works out, uh, much better than you could have even planned it out. You know, Uh, we had been praying for, uh, a a good job in in a good place. Uh, we were praying for something with a small commute and and somewhere we can actually discern, you know, not just be sucked up in, you know, having to drive two hours to a job or something like that, Uh praying for all these things. And, but not really imagining that it could be at the parish that she actually grew up in that she goes to every single week. We wouldn't have imagined that. And, uh-huh. and sure enough, that's exactly what God had, had drawn up for us. And uh, it's it's one of many things when you look back, I think, uh, that, you know, wow, I never would have imagined it, but it, it turned out even better than expected. Most of those things in my life have come um, with, with my, well, in all kinds of areas, but a lot of with, with my wife and, and following all that discernment and, and just to marry her. And, and now that we're starting a family and it just kind of works out better than you could ever imagine. Right. <laughs> oh, I can't, I mean, it's fantastic. I, I, I'm just at, in awe of like how everything just fell into place. Yeah. Like a and puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you think, well, why, why do things have to work out this way? And then it just, God has a plan. Indeed. Yeah, I'm convicted of that. He, he definitely does have a plan. And in in so often when I try to it, it assert my own will on a situation or on the world and I'm so glad that it didn't work out. It rarely does when I just try I'm doing my thing, you know, and and it has to be this way. Uh-huh. It really doesn't really works out exactly how I envision it, but every time it works out how how God plans it out, it's so much uh-huh. better than um than, than I could have drawn it up. A priest once in a homily I, I heard, it was one of my favorite homilies, this, this priest in Wichita, he, probably 30-second homilies. It was amazing. He'd just walked over, say something you could meditate on, and then he'd leave and say uh-huh. Eucharist, Eucharistic prayer. So take notes. I mean, a priest, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is how you do it. Um, Father David Michael, when he was at St. Faustina, was like that. Oh, He'll yeah. hit you with one and boom, and you're like, oh. Just meditate. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he, he said something to the effect of if, he told some things about his story, but he's the line that I remember was if I was writing my story, it would read like C spot run. That's exactly how I write. That's my, that's my thinking, right? Okay. It's boring. It's uh-huh. simple. It's straightforward. Yeah. But the, you know, how things actually play out is so intricate and involved and grace filled and you can't see the connections until, until they're there and behind you. Right. So yeah, this God of ours, he's onto something, right? He's, <laughs> Now, here's the big question when it comes to you and your family. How are the kids going to be raised? Astros fans or are they going to be Royals fans? Oh, I, I lucked out in in having a wife who is not interested in sports at all. Okay, there you go. And so I can... In, Those are Royals. In, yeah, it'll be... <laughs> well, it'll be Royals as soon as they're good again, yeah. Um, I, I don't have to worry about watching any Royals games for another 30 years. They're, they're sort of a World Series every 30 years type of... Type so when of it comes thing. around, then you'll worry about it. They'll be ready for it, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what, what if they start, you know... Wearing Astros gear. All my friends are Astros so, fans. I guess this is, I'm fine with kind of cheering for the Astros. 
You know, okay. I, they're not my main team. Okay. And the Texans aren't my main team. But I, I do love being in a town with, with sports teams, even though we're in the woodlands and we're 45 minutes away. Uh-huh. Uh, it, there is something cool about seeing like, oh, the, the Houston Astros... The, my, I'm in the suburbia of Houston. They're in yeah. the playoffs right now. Uh, and you don't get that from There's from more Wichita. of a connection. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, in Wichita, you just have to choose the town that's closest to you with a the sports theme. But I always wanted to have, like, read the daily paper and, like, this the team that's down the street uh, uh-huh. uh, is... is I, I always romanticize that life, I guess, growing up in Chicago or Baltimore or something with all these sports in your town. Uh, so it, I I will not begrudge them to be fans of, of teams that are so close that you can go see on a, on a whim, basically. Uh-huh. Except for the Rockets. They, they won't be able to cheer for the Rockets. <laughs> Why not? Uh, the, the Thunder blood. I have Oklahoma uh, City Thunder bad blood and it's too deep. Yeah, the, those wounds run deep, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us about the, the podcast that you guys have here at uh, St. Anthony. Sure. So... Uh, we we have a podcast called Beyond the Bulletin. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's essentially what's in the bulletin, but a little bit beyond. You know what I mean? Oh, I never would have guessed. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, my Mike Gormley is a uh, works here. Uh, I think you just you just interviewed him. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know in in podcast time if that's going to be before <laughs> or after uh, this, this conversation, but uh, he is a great podcaster. Actually, he has his own. Uh, set up and everything so uh he had had this going with uh my predecessor um and so when i came on board um after i got settled i was like hey let's just let's let's do it let's start it back up so okay um i sort of took the lead on it because mike's been busy with a lot of other things but he is on a lot of the shows and what we like to do is take a tour of the parish we want to um meet the staff, meet the parishioners, meet yes. the people who uh, make St. Anthony's what it is. See, uh, I guess, a different view than you might, for, especially of like our priests and deacons. I'd mm-hmm. love to have them on if we can get them uh, scheduled. They're so uh, busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to have them sort of loosen up and, and you know, find out about them yeah. a little bit uh, is really cool. But a lot of the, the podcasts turn out to be just that, a, view, uh, uh, a tour of St. Anthony of Padua. Um, and then the other half are, are Mike and I talking about some theological subject that he knows a lot about and I don't know anything about. So uh, <laughs> it's me just basically asking questions and he yeah. says a lot and I say, wow, could you say all that again slower? <laughs> uh, but they're, they're all very, they're, it's very fun. As you know, it's, yeah, podcasting oh, yeah. Is, is, is a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Um, so we've done... I don't know how many of those we've done by now, but we also release our homilies on the same. Yeah, I've heard theme. a couple of them. Yeah, that's awesome that so, you guys are able to record them and, and post them for people who yeah. might have missed them. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you go to the nine and uh, another priest did the eleven, you'll you can probably catch that podcast. So all of this is made possible by uh, Jay Martin, who is our um, marketing and media manager, and he is the the tech guy. Um, the, he's the dude behind the scenes. He's the behind the scenes guy for a ton of different things. So the podcast, all our videos that we produce, uh, the mass itself. I mean, when we were streaming, um, he did all of that and we still stream a couple masses a weekend. Um, and then not to mention all the social medias and everything like that. So, uh-huh. so Jay's the one, the, the engine behind everything. Mike and I are just the pretty faces <laughs> uh, or just the faces maybe. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, 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 we couldn't do it without, Without Jay. Yeah, we hope to get Jay on the show 
soon. He'd have a lot to say. I think you guys could talk for a long time about this like medium. Um, oh, because I don't, I don't know a lot about microphones and and how to make things sound good or and anything like that. But I think you guys could really, oh, yeah, gosh. you guys could nerd out about all of that. Yeah, we've had guests that we've that have been really into it, and we just chit chat with them about gear and stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. And Jay's interesting. He's a little, he's more online than I am. And, uh, he, he is, he's like on Catholic Twitter and, and <laughs> yeah, so he, he's involved in all of that world. I'm not at all. Uh, so he's got a, a, a really interesting perspective. I think you're an accounting person. I'm an accounting person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an accounting person. That's right. Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, you're here. Yeah. Nothing will pull you away. <laughs> if you get your dream job in Kansas, what have you and your wife talked well, about? Well, it's or? so funny. Uh, I I came to Houston to marry a girl and to bring her back to Kansas. Uh-huh. That was the plan. <laughs> uh, and she's from she's from here in the woodlands. Uh-huh. She went to Austin for, for school. She lived there for like six years. And then she moved to Atlanta, lived there for a couple of years. Uh-huh. So she's like... Almost like metropolitan, you know, and, yeah. and a city like Wichita is through her eyes, and I can see it now through her eyes. It's pretty uh-huh. bland, right? Okay. Um, but but I, even so, I was like, oh, we got to move back, raise a family there. Uh-huh. My family's there. It's going to be great. But then I moved down to Houston in, in the woodlands, and for the last two years, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and I'm meeting people, and I'm forming a friend group, and it's. And she, in her visits to Wichita and, and getting to know my family and friends, she's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Wichita's pretty nice. So mm-hmm. we've kind of swapped positions on like ah. whether, where we want to be, which is so <laughs> funny. I'm like, you know what would be nice? would be living in the woodlands our whole lives. And she's like, you know what would be kind of cool? Going back to Wichita and, and settling down there. So we're, I mean, anything could happen. And That'd it's be funny if she was trying to convince you to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but we have no plans. To, we, we're having a kid here in uh, less than a month and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying. What if you have that big family and then that, you know, that whole model of Catholic school over there starts to look very appealing hey, when it comes hey, to... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've used that argument. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's tempting. It's tempting. Yeah. K through 12. K through 12, right? Just uh, as long as you tithe. You, you just got to tithe. Yeah. Which is a... And if you have a lot of kids, then it really pays off, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. The more it's, it's almost like, yeah, the more kids you have, the less you spend, right? right it's yeah. like saving dividends and exactly. the tax breaks. And I don't know why. Everyone's not having 12 kids up there. <laughs> the money they could save. It's crazy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. thank you for having us and being so accommodating. You know, the gumbo that we had earlier. Oh, yeah, fantastic. yeah. You're welcome for all that. That's Danelle, our uh, outreach manager, coordinator. Danelle uh, works here at the parish and uh, she has this calendar of National Blank Day. Right. Okay. So every day is national something. Day. Every day is national something day. And she accommodates us with ice cream Sundays on national ice cream Sunday day. And, and today is national gumbo day. So we all had some really, really good gumbo. She's from Louisiana. So she knows how, what she's oh, doing. It was really good. We don't get gumbo every single day, but a lot of days of the week we get something. What and is the weirdest thing that she's ever brought? Like, Oh, well, I, I, gosh, you're going to stump me with that one. I don't know about weird, like there's been national popcorn day. The the one thing I'm waiting on is national leafy greens day. There's not, it's not like national carrots and broccoli uh-huh. day ever. It's always national sugar cookie day or gumbo <laughs> or, uh, yeah, fried ice cream or something. Uh, but, but never national kale day. I wonder why. 
there's no national give your coworker a thousand dollars day or uh, yeah no not yet not yet I'll have to hack into the system to see if I can. Uh, it's like what judge. website is she going yeah. to? Let me... <laughs> That's a good call. I'll have to do that. Well, thank you again, and uh, best of luck to, to you and you know everything going on with you and your family and with the podcast and your work here yeah. at Saint Anthony. God bless you. Thank you, Rudy. Thanks for having me.